0: We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the lands and waters where we're recording from, the Awabakal and Wanarua peoples. We acknowledge the Awabakal and Wanarua elders, both past and present. Touch of the footy. Now Andrew Johns. Sights a little hole himself. He's not, he reaches out. That's a try to Andrew Johns. Bruce free from the little halfback, and that's a good reward for a great game. It is debut match for the Newcastle Knights in first grade. Andrew John scores the try, and that should wrap it up for the night. Well, let's... So, Bretto, I think going, going into this season, our round two home game against the Tigers was a big game on the back of the fact that we sort of thought we were more likely than not to lose against the Roosters. I think, weirdly enough, there's actually more pressure on us now next weekend, obviously for different reasons. But if we lose next weekend... Well, yesterday's result, it doesn't become meaningless, but you sort of, it's a big wasted opportunity because we're looking at going into the Panthers game. Now, that's certainly looking way too far ahead, but, you know, whereas before we were look, look if we can go into the Panthers game, um, you know, with a win under our belts, you know, we we'll see what happens. You go into the Panthers game, you've got two wins under your belt, you've got some confidence, you're playing well. It, shapes the, it just has so much potential to shape the rest of your season. So I, I think the Tigers game now is even bigger than it otherwise would have been if we'd lost yesterday.
1: Yeah, I can't disagree with that. Um, you know, we've obviously earned a bit of respect for the competition after the weekend. That all goes out the window if you get beat this week. Mm. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in... Um, you have probably four or five peak performances a year. So, when you, so you have those four or five peak performances a year, aren't you? Know, and you beat some good sides. You can't throw those those wins away by beating sides that are going to finish the way you. Yeah. And that hurts last year. So a couple, um, even, though of, even though we made, though we made okay. the finals, we you know we, we got that winning us Meal at home, but that gets thrown away because we lost to the Tigers at
0: home. Um, so, yeah. You need you need to back it up. So a couple of people pulled me up during the week, or they were like, "Look, you you said you think we'll get fourteen wins for the season. Well, where are those fourteen wins coming from?" So uh, I I had us winning ten games at home on the back of the fact that um, you don't bank it and you certainly don't say we won't win, but uh, the two losses for mine really can't be any more than the Storm and the Panthers, who we play at home. Um, so I, I'm of the opinion we have to win the other 10 games. And, and the first one starts against the Tigers next week. Um, the four away games that I thought that we would win or we should win this season are the Titans away, the Sharks away, The Raiders away, and um, I think the dogs at
1: Magic
0: Round. Yeah, the dogs. Yeah, the dogs at Magic Round. So there's your four away wins. Now I I didn't factor in on yesterday, so I think yesterday's away win is a bonus win. Um, I still think 15 wins in this comp though doesn't get you into the top four. But um, but when it comes to playing at home, yeah, the, the the Tomorrow, next weekend is a must-win game. That is a game we absolutely cannot afford to drop um, if we want to be um, pl- if we want to be hosting a final at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, at the start of the year, we were talking about that hard run of the season. We thought it would be two and four, um, beat the Tigers and the Dragons. That wouldn't be a disaster. Um, yeah, now we should be looking at trying to be four and two. That should be that should be the goal. Now it should be. Four and two by round six, and if you're going to be four and two, you you know you need to be winning this one. Um, now I, I I'm with you there. I think this is a really important game, and I, I think if you lose this, it sets the narrative of we're the same knights. You know, our, good, our best is pretty good, our worst is nowhere near good enough.
0: It's a big opportunity for the knights, particularly the knights under Adam O'Brien, because. You and I have seen the changes in the team. The fact that we finished top eight, the finish the fact that we finished seventh, um, the fact that, you know, areas of the in defense have improved. We've seen some changes. But by the same token, and I always go back to that Warriors game in twenty twenty away from home, we have had opportunities to make statements in games and we've still left the door open for that same old night's. Um, sticker to sort of hang around. So it's a it's a big opportunity for the Newcastle Knights to say, next week, last weekend wasn't a fluke. We are a new team.
1: Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Um, it's and it's also an opportunity to, to to get rolling. Rugby league's such a game of momentum in terms of form and confidence. Confidence is so important in how you play rugby league. It really, it really makes a big difference to a season's, um, a team's season. If you can get rolling at some stage, you get five or six wins in a row or, you know, win six out of seven, that sort of stuff. That really sets your season up. So we now have an opportunity now to get rolling. And, and if we can, you know, just – and I don't say we need to keep winning every week, but if we can, you know, win win two, lose one for the first half of the season, it really sets us up for the back end.
0: Brodo, it's uh... – the the eels are up thirty points to twenty eight over the titans with uh, six minutes to go. That uh, that game is uh, heating right up. Um, it's going to be a massive. It's going to be a massive weekend next uh, next Sunday at McDonald Jones Stadium. Um, I think highlighted, if nothing else, for the reason that Adam O'Brien made a big point both in his media work leading up to round one, but post game as well, the importance, the role that the fans play in Newcastle rugby league, the boys acknowledge the fact that they haven't had an opportunity to play at home since July last year. And they are looking forward to coming home and, um, you know, being a part of that, uh, of that famous Newcastle crowd again.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. Like we, we were playing at home. you had a rough part of the year. We were playing at home when we were, you know, we had a KP out, Mitch Pierce out, we were really struggling. when we were rolling was when we were in Queensland so mm. the fans haven't really, you know, got a chance to really get there and, and have that winning feeling week after week that the players got while they're up in Queensland. So it's a, it's a really big opportunity for us to welcome the welcome the boys back and the boys, you know, enjoy getting getting out in front of it and here, you know, serve here a couple of thousand in the crowd doing Newcastle, doing 25,000 do it.
0: Actually, look. I just want to go back to the the Roosters game, if nothing else, for the the Newcastle chant. There were fourteen thousand and some change at the uh, at the SCG yesterday, and I thought it was very nice of the um, those two thousand Roosters fans to show up because it felt <laughs> like it felt like a night's crowd yesterday. Like obviously, I was with the the Knights fans for the most part. But when that Newcastle chant just started ringing out, you are like, far out. We could be back. We could be home at the moment. It was just such a great atmosphere. Glenn Hawke was uh, even doing the announcements as well. I was like, shit, man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man, you want to vomit
1: in that polo, mate. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely
0: vomit. Glenn, if you're out there,
1: mate, I, I, I know they pay the bills that come on,
0: brother. <laughs> mate, Glenn, well, you know you we're big fans of yours. You'll always be Newcastle through and through. Um yeah, bigly be- fist
1: pumping when people weren't watching? Sorry? Do you reckon he was fist pumping yesterday when people weren't watching?
0: Oh, I've got absolutely no doubt. I reckon he was doing it while they were watching. And he was like, look, as long as I tell you what you said, tell me to say over the loudspeaker, I can do what I want.
1: <laughs> um I was I was I was waiting for the um the big come on you castle. We can't hear you. <laughs>
0: Um, mate, as you can imagine, after yesterday's game, there was a lot, and I mean a lot of uh, interactions on the social media. Uh, A lot of Knights fans were very eager to uh, give us their opinions, as it were. So we sort of put the call out um, and said, uh, give us your thoughts, give us your comments, give us your questions. I want to quickly um, smash through some uh, Instagram comments here from uh, Dan, who is a fellow Bay 53 uh, attendee. Is he is. Said, yeah, yeah. He said, uh, how good were Gay Gags and uh, Dom Young? I think we've covered it, but let's go over it again. They were phenomenal yesterday. They just – I thought they worked really well together defensively, and um, I thought in attack they just uh, – they read what each other wanted to do really well. They were just an, a potent pairing.
1: If you're Adam O'Brien, are you tempted to leave that as is for a
0: while now? Well, so, I mean, so, you you know, you and I in the chat, I, I sort of dropped it in. I was like, Phew. at the moment, if all fit, you've got Edric, Heimel, because Heimel has to come back into that side. Edric, yeah. Heimel, Dom, and Tuala. If you're fit and you're one of the two, and you're two, those two wingers miss who miss out, my oh man, you are so unlucky. You are so unlucky to be missing out on a starting gig in this Newcastle team.
1: It's really and – and Adam O'Brien's even said himself that um, one, of the, you know, one of the spots that we might need to fill at some stage is the outside backs because of depth. And I get the perception is that we don't have a lot of depth there, but we really do. Like, I think we, I think the problem is that we have so many wingers. Mm. I think we don't have any depth in the centres, and, and that's sort of the role Heimel will play. Heimel will be the floater. But um, you're right. Whoever doesn't make that, that starting back five is going to be really unlucky because – I think that probably Dom does fall out, but I just don't think we no longer – when I had sort of thought Eddie would be back in a few weeks, I thought it would be because Dom would have his ups and downs and as and he would sort of be keen to, for Dom to go back and, and fine-tune things in reserve grade, but I don't think that's the case now. Um, I think that they'll be happy to let Eddie just do his thing and make sure he's 100% right. Heimer, when he finally gets back, or probably the same leaves him back. Um, yeah, while things are as they are, I am think they'll let it flow for at least the first, you know, month or six weeks of
0: the season. Injuries will obviously play a part because it's Newcastle. But the interesting thing with Dom Young is that last year he sort of, he looked like that newborn deer, uneasy on his legs at times. But, you know, with all the physicality, well, yesterday he just looked like a sort of strapping young buck who, you know, developed and sort of found his maturity and he just looked like he belonged. So uh, I guess in answer to your question, yeah, I and Adam O'Brien said after the game, you know, we'll, we'll stick with the 17 for a while. I'm absolutely comfortable with that. How can you not be after a performance like that? Um, I'm not saying that they will stay like that. What I do think, though, is that they give you the confidence to say, we'll pick you again next week. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah.
1: Good Guys aren't getting picked because there's no other option. Guys are getting picked because they should be getting picked. Yeah. Um, I think the only possible change, obviously, is that Idrie cloud fits in his ankle. But other than that, I think it's just a no-brainer. He just pings the same team to the wall.
0: Um, Mitch Meek, who has a near unpronounceable uh, Instagram handle, the Meek with the thorn in his side. Um, Actually, that was quite easily pronounceable. He says, that was a top performance. We were strong across the park. Uh, But Mitch wants to – he wants to be better. He says, but what's our biggest area for improvement? He said a few of our fifth tackle options early on weren't great, but that's really the only thing I can think of. Fair comment. I – you know, as you said, we – that was the performance of a top eight side yesterday. We want to be better um yeah i still think our fifth tackle options can use a little bit of work but it's the mid-range kick for me it's
1: the kick from just inside their half so from just inside their half to the 20 meter line that's where our kicks are really poor we kick well near the line we kick well um long long down the field but it's that mid-range kick that yeah our options were quite poor on the weekend and they were poor last year too
0: Look, I think it's a fair enough criticism. I don't want to run it, run at Mitchell Pearce um, now that he's departed the club, but I definitely think yesterday our um, close-to-the-goal kicking was just exponentially better. It's just like the backboards were never in danger of being blasted when our halfback was kicking uh, within the 10-metre area yesterday. I, I felt a lot more confident with our, um, with our fifth tackle options uh, in that regard.
1: And I think it's a bit also because we have options both sides of the ruck. Like, teams would know that Mitch would called Cliff in those kicks most of the time last year, whereas a, at the moment it could go either side of the ruck, and that creates half a second more. And those um, pressure kicks on the goal line, half a second's an alternative, a real alternative. You know, just it's it's such it's such a tough kick to get right that a half a second can create a, can create a lot of difference. And I think that showed yesterday. Um, the defence couldn't just rush at one player. And uh, be at both Clune and Cliff. Note a couple
0: of nice uh, fifth tackle grubbers, mate. We'll um, we'll we'll wrap up the Instagram uh, questions. I think we got one more. Just bear with me for one second while the uh, while the NBN catches up with me. I need to put some uh, holding music in this in the background or somewhere. Uh, I think I've lost it. Um, I might. Ju- I might quickly jump to sorry, a Twitter question. We've got Dom from dom.com.au. That's that's very clever actually on Twitter. In your opinion, how does this season's spine stack up against last year's? Uh, I think it's exponentially better. Yeah, no, hundred
1: percent agree with that. Um, yeah, nah, nothing more to say.
0: It's, it's, all, it's on the Um. Kevin Herbert, who is very much a Knights fan when you when you read this question. We have the West Tigers next week and we always lose against them. Do you guys think we can beat them the way we played yesterday? But <laughs> yes, Kevin. Don't.
1: The best scenario, we always lose against them and we don't.
0: But yeah, <laughs> and that was the other thing I was thinking. We did lose twice to them last year, but we beat them twice the year before and we actually Man. have a relatively good record against we them. We do.
1: We do, but um, no, I, I think we will be there next next week. I think, you know, I'd I'd, I'd be shocked if we don't um, produce at least 90% of what we produced yesterday next week, and that should be enough.
0: I don't think, though, that um, Adam O'Brien's going to be happy with that. I think he won't want 100% of what we did yesterday. I think he'll want 110% next weekend.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You, got, you know, I'm just I'm just a pessimistic Knights fan, and I know that <laughs> occasionally there'll be big crowds Sunday afternoon, and traditionally we shit the bed in
0: those games. Now, I was at the game with uh, good friend Joe Frost yesterday, and I finally found the other question that I was looking for. This is from his brother, Matthew Frost. Uh, this is an oldie but a goodie, but we'll go over it anyway. Do you think the 10 in the bin is too long? More importantly, is it too long in the NRLW, which is a faster game with shorter halves? That's a good question. I think it is too long in the NRLW. Uh, I don't think it's too long in the NRL, but I personally think the 10-minute sin bin should revert to the, N- the the NHL style, where if someone scores a try, during uh, th- that's when the sin bin player can come back on.
1: Yep, completely agree with that. No, 100%. Um, yeah, I, NHL has got that real spot on. When, when the goal scored, the player comes back on. should be the same in the league.
0: Thank you for the question, Matt. Um, we'll keep it in the family. Joe has actually uh, followed up with a question of his own. Was that our ceiling yesterday? Did we have a great game or the, did the Roosters have a poor one? And is, Or is that a fair indication of how both sides will go this year? Um, I'm happy, I'll quickly answer that. I think our ceiling is top four um, and where we go from there, we'll go from there. I thought we did have a great game. I thought we forced the Roosters to have a poor game. I don't think yesterday's a fair indication of how both teams will go. I think both teams will get better. I still have the Roosters in the finishing in the top four, making the grand final.
1: Yeah, I made a comment in our um, game preview. The Roosters generally roll into their season. They don't hit the ground running like Melbourne do. W top fourteen. The Roosters. There's nothing changing my mind unless they have more disastrous injury, like W top fourteen. And I think we'll be just behind them in the ladder, to be honest with you.
0: Did yesterday change your opinion on what the ceiling is on this team? Or did, yes, did yep. yesterday – do you think – so you think it's higher?
1: Yes. I I, th- I thought fifth was our ceiling. I thought if everything went right, we could finish fifth. I think if everything goes right, we could make the top four.
0: I think for us to make top four, I think we definitely have to – I mean, the first win of the season was already a dramatic improvement away from home. Um, but I think we that needs to be a consistent showing across the board. Like we, we really need to pick up sort of seven or eight games away from home. I'm
1: just going to flat out say it: we need to win in a place like Townsville.
0: Oh, absolutely! No, we I, go there
1: and get blown out every time, no matter how bad the Cowboys are. Yeah, and I'm telling you, this year they're the wooden spoon favourites. We have, we I repeat, we have to go to Townsville and win, or we, we're not, we're not a legitimate team.
0: Well, you heard me before, I, I didn't factor in win out there because I know how bad we historically go um, when we travel up to Townsville. So, no, I absolutely agree with you. That is a game, if we want top four, we absolutely have to win that. Um, oh, I love, a, I love a good LV question. These can only be nothing but good fun. Uh, just how good was it to watch our team play with an overwhelming sense of calm yesterday when all we used to see was panic and stress? Yeah, I just... I cannot repeat how good it is to watch a Knights team that looks like it's in control. It, it, it's sort of when it, whenever the Knights are doing well, you kind of feel like they're the captain on a on a plane with no wings. Like, yeah, they're in control, but you're plummeting towards the to, towards uh, the earth at a great rate of knots. Whereas yesterday, I sort of thought they were like look, we know that the wings have fallen up, but we've actually managed to find a way to make this this bastard fly. So, yeah, I thought um, it was uh, – I mean, the players looked like they were calm. I certainly wasn't. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, he's
1: right. The players were really calm. I just couldn't see it because I was so panicked. Um, but, no, he's right. That everything was calm. And I think Adam Kloon and, and Adam O'Brien said that himself. Adam Clune's Adam a big part of that. He's so even, even-handed. He's so um, calm. And Cliff's the same. Cliff's typical North Queensland. Nothing nothing seems to worry him. He still thinks he's, you know, sitting out in his back patio having a beer in a thunderstorm. <laughs> um, yeah, we might have to we might have the most relaxed half in the competition.
0: This is uh, I think this is a bit of a controversial one, but we're going to bring it up anyway. Uh, this is from Elvie again. Are concussions a big issue in the game or not? I'm asking for a swollen beetroot faced <laughs> friend of mine. Look, Bretto, I I mean you know, you and I sort of want to do this for fun, and we don't really see ourselves as trying to rock the boat or stir the nest or create havoc. Um, but I'm going to be really upfront and honest with you. I found some of the press conference commentary around concussions after our game yesterday really disappointing. Like, just really disappointing, mate. You can't. You just can't question the integrity of independent medical expe- medical specialists. You, you just can't do that. It doesn't matter how you feel after the game. It doesn't matter what your thoughts are. Once you start questioning the integrity around the way health and medical decisions are made, it just creates so much angst and difficulty around a very important issue.
1: I've given the Roosters a lot of credit. I think they've been the team that have taken concussions seriously. They've kept guys out for longer periods than they were advised to because they want to look after their players. You no, know, they eventually retired Boyd Cordner. But after yesterday, I'm second guessing all that. I'm wondering whether the Boyd Cordner retirement that is is because they knew he was cooked and they can get him off their salary books. That from Trent Robinson was disgraceful. Absolutely purely, blankly, unashamedly disgraceful. So so the, the thing from- wait, let, me, let me on, mate. So you you were watching the television coverage. Yeah. So everyone was confused in terms of Victor Radley staying on the field and how long it took to come off. So Hannah Hollis went through the process. She went, there was a bit of confusion. The bunker independent doctor has looked at it. He's given Victor Radley a, a, a Category 1 head collision, which means that there is no assessment. He's automatically out of the rest of the game because he got his a neck compression. He actually drove his head... Into the sh- into the chest of um, Clifford, and, and you sort know, of he, you see he, you do Clifford. see Victor fall away and grabbing his yes. head. It doesn't look yes. he's not in control of his body. No, he and he had a neck compression. You could see his spine compress. So that's a category one. He's he's not allowed back in the game. The um, the Billy Smith one late in the game. There wasn't it was an innocuous knock, and he, and the Roosters are adamant that he was showing no signs. But an independent doctor looked at that multiple times and said no. That guy must be removed from the field. If you start questioning that, you start questioning the integrity of the medical professionals in game, the game might as well pack its bags because it's going to get sued into oblivion. It is going to get sued into oblivion. And I am sick to the absolute back teeth of rugby league people running their agendas and trying to look after their own clubs and making – Excuses for themselves because they, their team didn't perform, and bringing the integrity of the entire game down because of it—it it was disgraceful. Trent Robertson is one of the smartest men in, the, in rugby league, and what he did yesterday cannot be accepted. If the NRL don't find him and don't kick the roosters in the ass for it seriously, the game needs—the game needs the folders ten because. Victor Raleigh should not have been allowed back on the field. He shouldn't have been even allowed to stay off the five minutes he stayed on. He was in real trouble. He had a neck compression. He could have had any sort of spinal injury that with another knock could have left him in a wheelchair. I cannot believe that a man of as Trent Robertson, copped cop that and went, oh no, the, the league have done the wrong thing. It was disgraceful, and I hope we never see it in rugby league again.
0: Newcastle are the premiers. Um, I think we might uh, move on to a new question. The next question from uh, at Matty Moy, I think it was a double underscore. Anyway, at Matty Moy, based on Saturday's eye-catching performance, should the club continue with the Gagai-Young centre-wing combination um, when players are fit or do we stick with the idea of nurturing our younger talent by easing them into the top grade? I I think we sort of dealt with that one uh, a little bit before. Um, I think though, when it comes to just this idea of nurturing our younger talent, this actually taps into an interesting story that um, that uh, popped up during the week where one of our junior coaches has uh, decided to part ways with the club. Um, I think the story was that he was being directed in terms of which players he was to choose for the team. And he was like, well, look, that, that sort of goes against the philosophy that I'm here to – implement so i'm out um i think the club does have a very strong idea in terms of nurturing younger talent but it still has a holistic first grade first perspective
1: yeah that's that's exactly it you know adam o'brien came out last year and said we're a club that are about producing first graders and how we do that is we play plays and visions we think they'll play first grade in, and we we nurture players in positions that we've got holes in our first grade team for. Um, obviously, that coach, he wanted to win, so he wanted to pick his best team, pick them, you know, and at those junior levels, you know, you can pick good players in four or five positions. So he probably thought, well, I'll just fit my best 17 players into my team, and I'll find 17 positions for him. Whereas the Knights have gone, no, that guy, he's going to be a centre down the track. He's playing centre. That guy, is your, your second best center is your other side. I know you've got three great centers, but that third center, he's not playing because he's the third best guy. Whereas that guy would normally go, well, it doesn't matter, we'll put one of them, five, eight, we'll play at the other center. And that's how we'll win. But that's not what the Knights are about. And I, I get a both point. Like his point of view is he wants to win. He's not, he didn't see himself as a development guy. And um, Garth Brennan made the, the accurate statement that we picked the wrong guy. We didn't pick the guy that should be in that job because he, he was about um, winning games. And we're about developing players.
0: Troy Beaton. And this is a great this is a great uh, question, by the way. What win was better against the Roosters? Was it the 2019 Pierce kissing the badge or yesterday's? That's a great question. Uh, I think as a win, yesterday's game tops the 2019 game. But I think as a moment, Pierce kissing the crest, uh, that'll stay with me as one of the top 10 Newcastle Knights moments uh, of my entire life.
1: Yeah, 2019 was great because, yeah, we, we smashed him, the kiss and the badge, it was at home, big crowd Friday night, all those things. But yesterday was way, way more important, a way bigger win. It had substance. Yesterday was stuff where you go, this is the club. This is the club, for, you know, how the club wanted to build for the next five or 10 years. That was just a moment, that thing. And, and that game, that Roosters game produced nothing. That team went nowhere.
0: Well, they didn't go nowhere. They went backwards, actually.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. Exactly right. You know, but this, but to me, yesterday was about substance. The Roosters on that night in twenty nine just had a bad night. They were they were very very poor. We were on, that's rugby league. But yesterday we just beat them in all their key areas. Um, yeah, to me yesterday was a much much better win.
0: That was um, I think that was Brock, that was Brock Lamb's last game in first grade, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, I, right. I think he might. I'm not sure if he played another, but. I've just got a feeling he didn't – He's uh, Joe Frost – Oh, that's fun. right, because they pulled Cooper out and then we get – we're launching a social media. Rest your best players and we kick your ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe yeah. Frost was actually telling me yesterday that uh, um, Brock's name actually appears in the 2019 Roosters uh, premiership T-shirts. He's listed cool. in the in the squad, so he's, oh he's yeah, a premier. I love
1: Brock. Well, I, to me, I, I still want to get a picker's game see Brock. I love Brock.
0: Oh, same, same. And, and, I I was,
1: get... and, I, and I was there. I was there live to see his worst ever moment in rugby league, probably.
0: Oh, really? You were down there. At, uh, was yeah, it at me, Belmore? Me and the great
1: Harry image. were at were at Belmore that day, that night. Yeah. Um. Yeah, to see the the kick into Moses and by shins, and then the um Shank goal kick.
0: Uh, Trent Hodkinson, where were you, mate? Yeah, that's a responsibility that should not ever have been on Brock's shoulders that night.
1: No, i I. I. I, I love okay but. Mate, he, he just put
0: the kid under the bus that day. That was terrible. Yeah. Anyway, we um, we move on. Uh, at Maitland Mumba, Mumbler, yeah, we'll go over it again. Who is this Dane Gagai Kitty? Where did he come from? We didn't hear anything about him all off-season. We, we went over it before, but, yeah, let's do it a little bit more again. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's the same age as Adam Reynolds. Adam Reynolds was uh, heralded as this... Uh, Saving this savior of the Broncos, but Dane Gagoy comes to Newcastle and he's uh, washed. But as the mumbler lets you know, you barely even knew that he was coming here. Uh, is he the off? Is he the is he the off-season signing of the uh, of the NRL season this year? Well, he certainly is after round one. But we, <laughs> what we said in the potties that he's the best signing for the
1: We would think you'd be the best off-season uh, signing of the off-season. Dane Gagai is a top-tier player. He's a, mm. he's an origin player, and he'll be an origin player till he retires for Queensland. They would never let him out of that side because of what he does for that team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Dane Gagai is phenomenal. He'll go down as a great as one of the great Knights. I think eventually before he retires, he'll be in our best of the Knights 17. Um, no, he's, I, I, it, it's the Knights narrative. Who cares? Dane Gagai, I'll retire, go to the Knights, get a paycheck. No, mate, Dan Gagai is still... Um, Still one of the best players in his position. I've got a question for you. So, Dane signed for three years. So, if Dane is excellent this year, you know, the Dane we, we love, he's good next year, and then he's cooked in the third year. Is that a successful – was that a good buy for us?
0: I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I still think so. I, I think if if we get, you know – if we get substantial, like just barely below average from Dane in his third year, he'll be what 33, 34 by then. Yeah. Um, I think we'll probably get his best out of him this year. Hopefully, we get another solid year from him next year, and we get what we get from him in his last year. And, and, and,
1: I, what- and, I, and I don't think he'll be bad in his thirty. I think Dane's No, I agree. Place. I think he'll be solid till, till the day he retires. But um, I, yeah, I just thought it was an interesting thing. If we can get you know a great year, a good year, and a bad year, is, is that is that worth? it? And I think
0: it is too. No, I, I completely agree with that. Um, Damien, a Knights flag bearer. What did you think of Dane's performance yesterday in his first official game back at the club? We obviously loved it. But can I say, one thing I did love yesterday was the performance of the flag bearer directly behind the uh, goalposts when Dane scored his uh, first try back for the club. That flag was flying high and proud. And, uh, Damo, if you are, in fact, listening, mate, you did the club very proud with your representation yesterday today mate I love it and uh, looking forward to seeing you at the Tigers game next weekend
1: the great new Damo everyone knows Damo everyone loves Damo how can you not love Damo that that flag that flag is just iconic nearly every, every it is with the Knights in it, you see Damo in the flag um yeah you're right like it, it was he it was just a moment wasn't it um yeah yeah, yeah it's um it's, it's really interesting you know like it just felt when okay, I put that ball down it just felt right mm. It did. You know,
0: what I mean, like it just felt, yeah, that's yeah. Newcastle's yeah, back, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wasn't
1: it. You know, it was just like, yeah, Gagga, gags, gags. He's back, scoring
0: tries. You know, Damon's
1: got the flag in the background. This is what I remember. You know, yeah. can, can, I you
0: can I tell you something? Can I tell you something in the crowd? In the crowd, the section of the crowd where the Knights fans were yesterday, it was an absolute carnival atmosphere. Like we weren't. I, I've been to Sydney Roosters game and I've had some terrible experiences at Sydney Roosters games. You know, I've I've had awful interactions with um, some fans. I've had miserable results. There was a genuine sort of feel good carnival atmosphere from everybody there. But More so than Knights fans, like we, we just all felt like we were in it together yesterday, even down to when we were waving goodbye to Roosters fans as they were leaving for the exits early. But uh, it's sort of, it was like, it was just some of the best banter that I've sort of been involved in at a Roosters Knights game. Uh, Yeah. And you're right. You know, when, when Dane scored, you know, when we all got up, we started chanting, it just, it was a great, yeah, great atmosphere to be a part of yesterday.
1: It's a bit of a round one thing. Like Knights fans tend to treat round one, whether it's time or away, as a bit of like the old baseball opening day thing. Oh, yeah. You know, like you guys love rugby league so much. We're all just so happy rugby league's <sighs> back. It's a real, yeah, you're right. It's round, round one's real special. And it's, it's been a shame that we've had a few home games in round one that have just been abysmal with the weather.
0: Uh, Dr. Grant Morgan at Carabco. Has the Roosters cultural appropriation of Newcastle gone too far or should we give them 2016 as well? Brett? I'm <laughs> going to throw this one over to you because I've got no idea what's going on there. Well, the, he was upset about them
1: playing when you mentioned the, they were playing better, and that's just disgraceful. I know you said it was good shithousery, but have a look at yourselves. No, no, no Roosters fans ever heard the song. You know, unless it's blues or jazz or, you know, playing the a bar, no Roosters fans ever heard it, so... They were just doing it to be shit house, um, and then and the hawky stuff. Don't get Glenn Hawking, in your polo. I know, <laughs> I know you're paying in good cash, and, and, and Glenn's you know taking Uncle Nick's money. We're all happy about that. We all want Glenn to live his best life. But Glenn Hawk does not belong to Roosters polo. You know for a fact, Roosters fans and Roosters administration. He was stabbing you guys in the back. his microphone turned off.
0: <laughs> back to El. Sorry, you go. You got more. And, and yeah, and if
1: they are going to steal our stuff, yeah, they get twenty sixteen. Stuff it. <laughs> I'm no expert. I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community. If you're a fan of Rugby League or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's Tees.
0: Back to Elvie. How impressed were you with our first hit out with so many players unavailable? D-Saf, Braley, Big D... Um, Big Eddie, sorry, Heimel Hunt, Brody Jones, Suaso, Sue, Jack Johns. Mate, it, it, LV raises a very interesting point there. You know, um, I mean, everyone thought that this team would fold without Jaden Brayley. Chris, the Chad Randall, was awesome yesterday. Awesome. I, I thought he he knew when to pass. He knew when to run. He ta- top tackler again for the team. Uh, played, I think, seventy minutes. Uh, it, it, we didn't miss a beat, and yeah, you think of all of the other players that just stepped up. At, because it's as we said in the preview. It, we want the Knights now to see injuries as an opportunity for someone, not as a forced selection. And everyone took their opportunity yesterday. So now suddenly, established players, I mean, DSAF and Braley, maybe Heimel, they're, they're the only ones who are re, probably guaranteed to come straight back in. But everyone else now is like, I've given someone else an opportunity with my injury. I've got to make sure I'm ready to go to get back into that side. It, it's it's a really exciting opportunity for the club.
1: And D-Saf won't play this week. And, and there was talk that he might be back round two, round three, but they were not sending him back because they don't need to send him back. No. Those guys have laid a marker and said, we can play the standard good enough to make the Sydney Roosters. So that's a standard that is now, well, that's the standard that the minimum we accept. And Adam O'Brien always talks about it. The gap between good and bad needs to close, so that's now the platform. That's the minimum because we weren't fantastic yesterday. We were far from perfect, but we were good enough to beat the Sydney Roosters at the SCG. So that's now your standard. That's your baseline. Mm. So you don't need to rush those guys back. You know, if we live, we're humming along nicely and we're sitting sort of fourth, fifth, they won't rush Brayley back. They'll keep him. You know, they'll get that rehab perfect so he's hitting the the, round, the ground runner with sort of five or six rounds for the finals. You know, that sort of thing. It's how Melbourne always operate. Melbourne rest guys for long periods that don't really need to be rested because they know they don't need to bring them back. You know, um, like Pavanhausen last year, he had the, the, head, the head stuff, but all reports were he could have come back a month before he did, but they didn't need to bring him back, so they didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 it helps the player. It, it helps it helps everybody. Um, yeah, no, we, we, we've got some really good depth, and I really think that the way our club's built now, the only two players we can't afford to lose a cliff and KP. The rest are all, you know, in and out. The standard should be pretty
0: similar. Oh, I thought you were going to say Braley and K- KP. So that's that is a huge call on uh, Jake Clifford. Oh, we I don't
1: we, beat, d- we beat the rest of the SCG without Brayley. I don't think. Yeah. But I don't think Sorry. we're any chance if, if Brayley's in that team. We're missing Cliff. I don't think. I think we probably can still win. I don't think we're as good. If Ponga's not playing yesterday, we can't win because our full back drop off so huge.
0: Yeah. No, I uh, I agree with that. Uh, LV again. He's back at back at it. Thoughts on how the worst halves in the game performed yesterday? I didn't think um, I didn't think Walker and Kiri were that bad, um, but uh, so yeah. they won't, they
1: won't lift up. Walker and Kiri are firmly in sixteen still. They they won't <laughs>
0: um,
1: Cliff and Clune have probably gone from sort of fourth or fifth
0: to top two now. I'd, I'd suggest, wouldn't you? Look, um, cards on the table. I think. At worst, Clifford and Clune at the moment are probably in the top top half of halves pairings uh, in the comp. Um, I mean, you know that. I think I think surely by now, and even if, even taking in their trial form, surely by now we've moved on from the idea that they're the worst halves pairing in the comp. Like, you, you can't you can't maintain that that position with a, and, and want people to take you seriously anymore.
1: Because the narrative was that, you know, Jake Clifford got kicked out of the Cowboys who were poor and Clifford Lynn couldn't get a run at the, the Dragons who were poor. and But Clifford didn't get a fair shot at the Cowboys. Everyone knew he could play. There was no doubt about that. And Cleen doesn't need to be outstanding. clean just needs to be good and he's more than adequately doing that.
0: Uh, not LVO5. Can we please drop all this crazy Milford Brooks talk now? Now, Bretto, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this one straight over to you because you've – Got a fairly um, detailed response to this at least. Uh, your answer to that question? My answer to that question is that, no,
1: the, the idea of Milford coming into the halves is out. Um, but I, th- I still want him as the 14. I still want him as the, as the 14 because he can cover positions. I still want him as the third half, and I want him as the backup fullback. But We don't uh, want the backup fullback. If, if Texel, out because Hodgson's out for the, um, at least a few months. I don't want Texel to ever play fullback in first grade again. There's no other fullback in the club. <laughs> Dan Gagai? No, because I don't want to. Yeah, Gagai is the, the best option, but mm. I'm not, I don't want that to go to the centre. It ruins our defensive structure.
0: Yeah, and, and we, you and I have spoken about this before, and you said that for that uh, exact reason. Um, Jordan, Jordan Zarudis um, at Jay Zarudis uh, on Twitter. Uh, this is a great question. By what round do you think Clifford has the Daly M wrapped up? I'm pretty sure the record points for a Dalian medal is 36. So I'm round 13.
1: Yeah, I I no, I I don't know. I I think that He's probably going to hit a flat patch at some stage. I'd probably 17 or 18 for
0: mine. <laughs> the only di- – I think one of the difficulties for you and I on the um, breakout Clifford Star player year is that it sort of stamps a bit – steps a bit all over our um, KP for the M clive Churchill double agenda, which we're very much firmly on board with. But, but you got to remember
1: that the judges
0: are idiots, so the Knights
1: are going to vote. KP were probably got to vote yesterday. Like – the judge, you got to remember,
0: the judges are idiots. <laughs> um, but I, I don't have too many issues with um, with Cliff uh, polling highly, mate. I think I've left the best question till last, and this is from uh, yours and my great mate from uh, Bay Fifty Three at Harvey G. How good is rugby league, mate? It's pretty fucking good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I did put out a tweet yesterday and it was just simply in
0: all capitals rugby motherfucking league. Oh. It's just the best. Look, man, uh, you know, there's been a tweet sort of doing the rounds for the past couple of months about this idea that sport really is just a team that you're forced to like at 11 years old that you're sort of suffering for, for the rest of your life. Uh, the the sad part about that is that it is absolutely true but the, the flip side to that coin is that as your life sort of goes on, every now and then it has moments where it just gives you so much innate joy. And we've seen some down times. You sat 50-plus games in a row of some of those down times. Oh, man, yesterday was just one of those great great days for a team that you support it wasn't just the game it was the whole context of almost the last five years um, but particularly the last the the offseason into that game rugby league was it was really good yesterday and it was just great to be a part of it as a Knights fan and
1: you know and that's the thing we joke about the pain we go through as Knights fans but we don't need premierships to make us happy. Like, yeah. yes, like yesterday, Roosters or a Melbourne fan go around money. new gives a shit. We win big cares? You know, they they only get excited. You know, to win win finals or premierships. We got as much joy out of yesterday as they get out of finals wins. And that's they might get laughing again. Oh, you know, that's how sad you are. I don't care. I
0: have got the no. same
1: joy. I got the same amount of excitement. You know, it's not my trophy. I'm not taking the trophy home. They're not on my shelf. You know, it's what how it's how I feel inside, and I and, and when they break the losing streak, when we beat the Titans at home, I'm not too proud to admit I was hugging people around me with tears in my eyes. Like that's grand final level of joy. And yeah, people laugh and go, "Who cares? It's, it's it was a round two or something game. Who gives a crap? I give a crap. The people in yeah. the crowd give a crap. We yeah. get to feel that feeling. You know, like there's no other feeling like it when your sporting team wins, a bit. and it's so much better when you're the underdog.
0: I um I'm re- I'm actually really glad you say you said that because I I wasn't going to admit to this originally, but um, when we left the SCG yesterday and I and I'd sort of had a moment to sort of take it all oh, in. You
1: rang me on the phone and-, and lost your mind.
0: I did, I did, I I, <laughs> I and I said to you, I was on the phone, I was like, man, yeah, you know, I I, want, I wanted you to be a part of this, but um, yeah, you know, as as we were sort of walking off, I said to Thor, I said, this is really embarrassing to admit, but um, this is probably the most I've enjoyed a night's win. Uh, since the since the grand final, and I know that says a lot about our club, and I know that says a lot about our fan base, and it probably says a lot more about me as a supporter. But that that was what I likened it to yesterday when we when we were leaving Stadium Australia in two thousand and one after winning the premiership. That's that's how it felt yesterday, and um, I the, the second the follow on thought that I had to that was I want to feel I want I want to feel this way again about this team when we're holding up a trophy. And I yeah. just hope that the players in that shed yesterday and I hope that the players in the club as general look at it the way I did, which is that I want to enjoy what happened yesterday and I want it to be the start of something more. I, I don't want to get to the end of the year and go, well, that was, that was that the was best the moment of the season. season. Yeah. 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 You know, and, uh,
1: and we lived through the glory days. We lived, but, and that was enjoyable. Like, having one of the best teams in the world is enjoyable. But you don't enjoy the week to week stuff. You don't enjoy every win because I remember times where we'd win fifty and twenty, and I'd be filthy because we let him 20 up to score in twenty score scoring fifty. Yeah. No, um, rugby league wasn't anywhere near as enjoyable for me then as it is now. Yeah. I'd never got I'd, other than the premierships. I never got the enjoyment out of those out of those years that I get I uh, get out of watching the, the team now. And part of the fact is the fact that I you know I, do, I share it with my boys and I share it with you know guys like you and and other members of our crew. That you know, that I sort of, as a young man, um, probably didn't feel quite the same. But um, no, I've I've never enjoyed rugby league as, as much as I enjoy it now, and it's because it it means it means more than just rugby league. It, it means it's our outlet to what are pretty depressing times in the world. Um, you know, we've just been through a hundred year pandemic, the world's at war now. Um, yeah, no, it's. It means so much to to all of us and the people of the Hunter especially. This team wins football games. And I, as I said, I'm, I'm with you. I just hope this is the first step to a magical ride where in the next two or three years we see KP stand on those steps in front of um, the crowd of Stadium Australia holding up the trophy.
0: So, um, yeah, Harvey, if you're, if you're listening, uh, in answer to your question, uh, how good is uh, Rugby League? Yeah, it's pretty it, good. It's good, mate. You are listening to the Bay 53 podcast. Hey, you you know what the funny thing is about um, not just this episode, mate, but in general doing this pod, one of the universal suggestions we got from everyone we discussed about whether or not we were going to do this this year was keep your episodes short. Don't, don't go over, try to keep it between 45 to to 60 minutes. No, no one wants to listen to you for longer than that. They've got a very limited amount of time. I think the shortest one we've ever done of one of these is about sixty-five minutes. If that. Um, but I gotta be honest with you, after a day like yesterday, I reckon we've done a good job to keep uh to keep the content as short as we have this week.
1: Oh, I was expecting seven eight hours. But if we lose the times next week, the pot will be ten minutes. So <laughs> <right> about-
0: <laughs> I um, I want to give another shout out as usual and un- as ridiculously belatedly as I can to uh, our major sponsor, A-Plus Contracting and Poly Welding. Uh, Husey messaged me actually. Um, Bret, you do some talking about something while I get this uh, message up in the background.
1: I'll give the shout out to Husey, mate. Yeah. Um- as we've mentioned before, he's a major sponsor of the Knights. He sponsors the number 13 jersey. You know, he puts a lot of his own money into the club, into local rugby league too. He's a great fellow at the boot. He puts his money to charities. He's a big um, advocate and funder of autism stuff, mm. which is close to my heart. I have a son who is autistic. Um, you know, he's put, he's put money into us and he's helped us. We've got some equipment and stuff out of it. We're able to put up some prizes for our, for our Supercoach League and stuff, all because of Hughes, just because he's a good bloody fella. Thanks, Mike.
0: Now uh Bretto as I did say uh, myself and my cousin last night we just uh we didn't know what to do with ourselves in Sydney we're not used to the team winning uh winning um when I go down to watch footy with him uh so I was in a very heavy celebratory mode when uh Hughie did message me last night and that is not a message that's fit for repeating but uh <laughs> we do um yeah he uh, he definitely got straight on the text uh, to me yesterday and he's like uh how good was that and to be honest my phone was going generally ballistic from people who were, um, who were pretty, uh, pretty excited by the result. One of them was a work colleague who was like nights for the wooden spoon. So, um, I think, uh, he knew how firmly his tongue was in cheek when he was saying that. Mate, um, the, the Robbie M's it was the first, it's the first weekend of the Robbie M's. And as we've said, and we'll put a, a written post out about it, but, Um, the 17 votes that you need to distribute amongst the players, how, and, uh, when you see fit tough, that's a tough first up weekend to sort of do it. So, um, and we've had a few people sort of messaging us with their, with their, with their scores, um, except for, and unfortunately poor Jira Monasia, he only saw five minutes of game time. You really could have given a point to every player, uh, of the 17 yesterday.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, I, I, I'm with most people when I sort of think the cliff and Gags were the standouts, but then how many points to give them? Because you need some points to give to other fellas. It's, it was a it's a it's a tough one to start the season.
0: But that's but that's the way we sort of do it. So I, I know that we did say we're going to do this behind closed doors, but uh, I, I thought we'd give an idea for the first week in terms of how we thought, how we wanted to distribute our votes. And then, um, and then, you know. gives you an give we'll, idea
1: of how, of how we sort of see it developing?
0: Correct, correct. So the way we handed out our vote yesterday was um, we gave four votes to Clifford and four votes to Ga- uh, Gagai. And then we gave two points to Frizzell and we gave two points to Dom. And then we gave one point to Best, one point to Clune. Uh, one point to just Jacob Sophedi and one point to Leo, and so that that's the, that's that's what we thought was an even distribution of votes yesterday in terms of who was that represented, who was the best on field, but then you know who also contributed, and so that's the way we're going to score ours for week one. So so that's the idea of the Robbie M's is that yeah, you know, if yesterday you would thought everybody deserved one point, even Gyra, then it just would have been one point for each player, but uh, no, this week we gave uh four to cliff and four to gags, and uh, and look if if it if it had been more, if they hadn't had as much support, well, they might have um, grabbed more votes this week.
1: oh I think I think yesterday would have been more than fair to go to give you know you whether you made a match was with cliff or gags to everyone else one. I think that would have been more than fair.
0: Yeah, so um, like I said, we'll, we'll put out a written post on the social media um, at some point uh, this week just to give clearer guidelines to that. Um, and, uh, you know, I had a fairly big weekend, so hopefully we'll set something up a little bit uh, better than the DMs just to accumulate those votes. Now, Bretto. You were the man responsible for running our super Coach leagues. As you know, I know fuck all about fantasy league footy in general. Did we manage to get a league up and running? We have two leagues
1: up and running, my friend. Two we've got two. Leagues, two full leagues of 20.
0: So uh, the way our
1: Supercoach is set up at the moment is that uh, the head-to-head start this week, round two. They go through to, I think it's about around 20 or 21. And then they play four weeks of finals before finishing, yeah, be round 20. Then they play four weeks of finals, finishing with the grand finals in round 24. It used to go to round 25 with the grand finals, but last year with the amount of players that got rested, it pretty much ruined contest teams, couldn't field you know, half their team because teams like Melbourne were resting half their side. So now grand final day is round 24. But yeah, two competitions of 20, and I'm happy to say that the prizes are uh, magnificent.
0: Yeah, I hope so I'm responsible for those so I should probably get started on that we, um, we, want to, we want to try and line up some signed jerseys but I'm not going to lie to everybody at this stage it may just be me and Bretto signing it so we'll try and organise someone a little bit uh, more impressive than that Bretto I think we need to wrap it up for this week as you said I, I genuinely could talk. I, I could keep talking on about yesterday um, it's just a famous win our first win at the SCG um potentially our last game. It was uh I, I I'm just I have no shame in saying it was a very, very special day uh for the Newcastle Knights and to be a part of the Newcastle Knights yesterday. Mate,
1: I'm just gonna finish by saying Hail Kaylin, praise Joey, long live the
0: Newcastle Knights. Mate, I I think that is the perfect way to wrap it up. Uh thanks for listening everybody, uh and um hey, we're back at hey. Sorry, one m- m- final thought. We're back at we're finally back at Bay Fifty Three next week. How good is it going to be to be back home again watching footy, mate? That
1: seed's been looking for my ass about five months. I don't think it's July
0: it's been like nine, ten months. Yeah, yeah, can't yeah. wait. <laughs> yeah, it should be good. So, um, if you can come around and say hi, uh, we're usually in the vicinity having a beer somewhere. But uh, but if not, enjoy the game and um, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye guys.